Hey everyone, welcome to the Naz Church Weekly Message Podcast. Here, you will listen to the preaching pastors from the Naz in Grove City, Ohio. We pray that you are inspired by their teachings. All right, Isaiah 55, check this out. It says, is anyone thirsty? Come and drink, even if you have no money. It says, come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. The rain and the snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I will send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will prosper everywhere that I send it. Church, are you ready to receive the word of the Lord today? Do you believe that God has something for you? Man, I'm ready to preach this morning. Are you ready to receive the word of God? Here's the thing about the word of God, like scripture promises, is that when it's spoken, it goes out and it does not return void or empty, but it produces something. And so here's my prayer for you today, that God's word would produce something inside of you that it would do something brand new inside of you. And you know what our response has to be, whether you're here, online, it doesn't matter if you're in the room, if you're watching online, God's word is for you today. That God wants to speak to you and simply it requires something from us, a posture of surrender, saying, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me today, God. Because one of the things that we believe about scripture is that God's word is living and active It's powerful, it has authority, it has the ability to speak something into your life. It's not just some ancient text. It shows us who Jesus is. I hope today you've come ready to have an encounter with Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me? Lord, we thank you for worship. You're good, God. Lord, that we get to sing about your goodness in spite of everything happening in the world. You're consistent and you never change. So Father, I pray as this word is spoken today, as I tell stories and jokes and anecdotes and all the other things that come along with it, Lord, would your Holy Spirit move through your spoken word. God, that you would speak to each and every one of us. Lord, I believe that you have called us to this place that you have called us to this moment. And as you've called us, you'll be faithful. So Father, we ask that you would move. Get us out of the way. Father, I pray that supernaturally you will cause some distractions to cease in this room. Father, I pray that text messages don't come through right now. That your word would come through. We ask this in the name of Jesus. And everyone said... Amen. Well, I'm excited to be with y'all, and uh, in fact, uh, I get to kick off this new series, The Last Red Letters of Jesus. For those of you familiar with Scripture, a lot of translations have the words of Jesus that Jesus speaks in the letters read. And I don't know about you, I always find a little bit of extra power in the exact words of Jesus, knowing that he spoke these things. And so what we're going to do, as our pastor mentioned, is we approach Easter, uh, which is hard to believe, that Easter is almost here. 
is that Jesus is taking some of his final moments with his people, with his disciples, to say, I'm getting ready to leave. These are the most important things that I want you to take with you. So we're gonna be in the book of John, the Gospel of John, starting in chapter 13. If you'd open up your Bibles or your Bible apps, John chapter 13, uh, I'll tell you that as I was preparing for uh, this talk today, uh, I actually discovered that I preached on this passage about five years ago here at the NAS. Um, and so I'm like, all right, sweet. So I'm gonna pull this passage up. These folks don't even probably remember what I said five years ago. Let's just you know, break this thing out. And as I was reading it, I feel like the Holy Spirit said, hey, put that thing away, have a fresh perspective today. And so this is my prayer today, that when you receive this word, that you would say, God, show me what you wanna see here. Starting in John chapter 13, we find that, uh, and let me give you some background, Jesus is preparing uh, his disciples for his last meal. We call it the Last Supper, and Jesus does something unusual, maybe a little weird. You see, people, when they would travel and they would go to a host home, and they would travel along the way, they didn't have cars and motorcycles and all sorts of other things, and maybe the wealthy people had horses or chariots or different things like that, but people like you or I, we would walk. At least that's what they did back then, and they didn't have socks and you know, high-quality hiking boots. And so as they would walk along the path, they would encounter dust, dirt, whatever things animals like to leave behind. I think you catch what I'm stepping in this morning. <laughs> Dad jokes. And they would show up to the host home. And what would happen is they would get to the door and the host would greet them with a kiss on the cheek. That's something we do when we go to Puerto Rico. We'll give them a hug and a little cheek-to-cheek -cheek kiss. But then the next part is the host would normally look at the guest and they would say, hey, would you like my servant to wash your feet? You see, the, the host would never stoop down to clean off someone's feet. I don't know about you. I'm not one of those people that like thinks, you know, I can't even look at feet because they gross me out. I think we know people like that. But I think feet in general are kind of Blah. You know what I'm talking about? Right, like I'm sure if we uh, pulled off our sh church shoes right now, this room would smell pretty gross. It'd smell a lot like our preteen room smells right now. <laughs> kidding, kidding. Uh, I have a preteen. I know the struggle. It's kind of like this. I used to have uh, a couple big dogs. And... Uh, Used to, because one of them is in doggy heaven now. He's happier. And uh, they go out in the backyard, and they do what dogs do in the backyard, right? They make it muddy, and they, you know, leave behind uh, doggy goodies. And uh, my kids say, hey, I want to go outside and play. So we say, go play. Go have fun. Get in the backyard. You know, get dirty. But then they want to come tracing back through the house with their feet, and we say, you're not coming in here until you wash your feet, right? You experience this, parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, or maybe this would be a little better. I brought my favorite shoes. It's a good thing you're not close right now. Because uh, these things, I think you can smell them before I even arrive in a room. You know what I'm talking about, right? And you might say, David, stop. This is gross. What are you talking about? 
And it is kind of gross. But I wanted to kind of get you the picture. This is what's happening. The disciples, they've, they've hiked all day. They've gotten to this place. They're going to have this last supper. And this is what Scripture says, John 13, verse 1. It says, before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Hang on to that one right there, okay? You see, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. Stinky from the journey. Jesus, knowing that he's about to die, looks at his disciples in an act of service reserved for a slave, lowers himself, gets down on his knees and begins to wash their dirty feet. For his disciples, there was 12 of them, and there's this guy, his name is Peter. And Peter is a bold guy. Peter's one of those guys that he's not going to keep things hidden inside. If he thinks something, he's going to say it. You know anyone like that? And so Peter is waiting and he's watching and Jesus is washing these guys' feet and, and he's just boiling over on the inside. He says, this isn't right. I have to do something. So Jesus gets to Peter in verse 8. He says, no, you will never wash my feet. I'm not going to let it happen. Jesus, this isn't right. To which Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. And Peter, in that moment, says, well, if you need to wash me, don't just wash my feet, wash my head and my hands and all of me. And Jesus says, you've already taken a bath. Not all of you is dirty. I need to wash the part that is dirty. And after that, in verse 15, he says, I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. You see, central to being a follower of Jesus are a couple of key ideas that I want to talk about real quick. And these were actually some ideas that I talked about last time, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time here. First is this. Your life and my life is a mess. Would you agree with that? How many would say, yeah, that's me. I'm a mess, right? Hot mess. It's okay. Your life and my life is a mess, right? And Jesus is the only one who can clean it up, right? We're a mess, and Jesus can clean it up. The next part is this. Jesus calls us to serve. So just as Jesus has served, so I then must serve others. You say, you know what, that sounds great, but the reality is, uh, you know, we're gonna be called to serve and Jesus can wash us, okay? 
We believe that. But there's something deeper happening in this passage, something far more sinister happening behind the scenes. In fact, we read a little bit earlier that the devil had already went to Judas, and Judas had decided to betray Jesus. And I've really been processing and wrestling with this because I cannot imagine sitting at the table of my betrayer and washing their feet. Because everything inside of me, and my guess is everything inside of you, you would probably want to look at Judas and say, uh, you don't belong here, you betrayed me, you can leave. But that's not the way of Jesus, is it? Because Jesus washes his feet, but to show that he wasn't just fully God, but he's also fully man, that Jesus was a human like you or I. The Bible says this uh, in verse 21. It says, now Jesus was deeply troubled, and he exclaimed, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. And I can imagine how that conversation goes. I have kids that sit around the dinner table. If I was to look at them and say, one of you have betrayed me today. I'm going to try that this afternoon. I know exactly who would speak first. Well, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Oh, dad, dad, I saw it. I saw it happen earlier. I know it was him. What are you talking about? It's not me. It was him. The Bible tells us the disciples look around. They don't know who Jesus is talking about. But in the midst of that, somehow Jesus, in the way that only Jesus can do, looks at Judas and says, Hurry and do what you've came to do. And Judas departs. Meanwhile, the disciples are still trying to figure out what was going on, and Jesus begins to share. He says, I'm not gonna be around much longer. But where I'm going, you can't go with me. In other words, I'm getting ready to die, and you can't go with me there. And he says this, and this is a part we take note of. Verse 34. So now, I am giving you a new commandment. Anytime Jesus says, I'm giving you a new commandment, we pay attention, don't we? <laughs> love each other, just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And Peter still stuck on this idea that he can't go with Jesus, says, Jesus, I'm going with you. You say I can't go, but I'm going. I went to a party, a birthday party last night, and I'm getting ready to walk out the door, and my son says, I'm going with you. And I said, no, you're not. He's like, yes, I am. Starts getting his shoes on, and he's rolling out the door. So he won that argument. I took him. Peter does this with Jesus, but Jesus very quickly says something. He says, Peter, I love you. I love your heart. He doesn't say this, but I'm like reading into the text here. Like your intentions are good, but I need to speak some truth to you. He says, before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny three times that you even know me. Man, that stinks to be Peter, doesn't it? But as I kept reading and rereading the scripture, something wasn't sitting right with me. You see, Jesus gets down and washes their dirty feet. He confronts a betrayer. He gives a new commandment, and he says, people will know you by your love for one another. 
It occurred to me, Jesus sat across from Judas. He knew that betrayer. He gets to Peter, and we know in Scripture that Peter betrays Jesus, but then you look a little bit farther down in Scripture, you find the night that Jesus was arrested, all of his disciples ran away. So in other words, Jesus, when he went down to wash their feet, he was in a room full of people that would abandon him. And what did Jesus do? He washed their feet. He looked into the eyes of betrayal. And he forgave them. Lowered himself as a servant, as an act of love. And so I want to say this to you. You and I will all betray Jesus. We've betrayed Jesus, haven't we? And the truth of the gospel is, is he forgives you anyways. That I imagine if we were around that table, he would look at us knowing all the different ways we would betray him and he would still wash our feet anyway and say, I love you. The next part's the hard part because Jesus calls us to do what he does. You and I will be hurt by people who claim to follow Jesus. Forgive them anyways. You and I will be hurt by people who claim to follow Jesus. Forgive them Anyways, you see, I realized as I was looking at this passage, it, obviously it's one of love and, and, and service, but this is a passage of forgiveness because true love requires and receives forgiveness. It gives forgiveness. You see, I had a couple of moments uh, this week where I needed to seek forgiveness. Don't judge me, all right? You see, a couple weeks ago, my basement flooded. We had all that rain and the snow was melting and my sump pump failed and uh, I was able to fill up a whole dumpster of things thanks to Dan's hauling services. And uh, you know what I'm talking about? Like when you move somewhere, you put things in the basement saying I'm gonna go through these things eventually and then four years later you realize you haven't touched any of these things and so you throw them away. That's real life right there. And so I'm breaking out fans, extractors, cutting out carpet and doing stuff with the walls and replacing sump pumps and doing all sorts of like, you know, home improvement sort of things. But I was tired. And I'm like, man, I need a little bit of a break, right? And uh, a few nights later, I'm putting my, uh, my youngest one to bed in the upstairs and I hear this yell. Dad, the toilet's overflowing. What? Are you kidding me? And I, I sprint in there straight through the messy water, trying to turn this toilet off, yelling, how did this happen? Are you kidding me? What, you know, blah, 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 blah. Sprint down and I grab the shop vac and I start vacuuming up the the stuff and I, I spray it off and desanitize and you get the picture, right? Frustrated, fed up to here and uh, I didn't see my wife. And so here I am starting to have a pity party for myself. All alone, cleaning up this mess. No one wants to help me. And so I fire off a text message. And I want to tell you, church, it's a miracle I'm still standing here today. 
And it was simple, three words, or four words. Thanks for the help. Well, I'm an idiot. And uh, so my wife was in another part of the house, genuinely didn't hear anything, but comes upstairs and says, what is happening? I said, well, if you're not going to help me, you should just leave. Mm. <laughs> Drama. And she's like, all right, I, you know, I'm going to give you space. I'm just not in a place. And so a little bit later, she comes up to me and she says, man, that was really intense. Didn't love how you were talking to me just there. Super gracious. And I said, I'm allowed to be mad right now. I told you I'm a, a moron. <laughs> and so I try to sit in my anger there thinking that I'm justified, which I wasn't, as you can tell. And I wake up on Monday morning not saying much, uh, and I drive to a coffee shop because I have to sit down and write a message on forgiveness. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Lord. God has a sense of humor, if you don't know. <laughs> and I'm sitting down, and I'm trying to write, trying to write, trying to write. Nothing's happening. And I say, God, just let my home life be my home life, and my church life be my church life. And so instead of sitting down and writing a sermon for you, I had to write my wife an apology letter. Because at times I'm a lot like Peter. Proud, arrogant, don't want to admit when I'm wrong. So I wrote her and I said, hey, you know, I'm not going to make excuses. I'm sorry. And some other stuff, but that's personal, I'm not going to share and uh, she wrote me back and she said, I forgive you, but I want to point something out to you. And I was like, oh no. I've already taken enough heat here. Holy Spirit's already given my spanking to me. And she says this, she said something incredibly profound that I hadn't spent much time thinking about. She says, the truth is, who do you think heard how you were talking to me? And I was like, oh. <gasps> The six little ears that I have in my house. Eight if you include my dog. And she said, we've had resolution, but all they heard was the conflict. I said, I, I need to talk to her. So we went a little bit later that evening. I said, guys, hey, I, I need to apologize to your mother in front of you. Uh, because how you heard me talk to her is not how she deserves to be talked to, nor would I expect you to talk to anyone else that way or expect you to allow anyone to talk to you that way. So will you forgive me? And kids are cool, right? Because they said, oh yeah, that's cool, dad. But what rips me up and what wrecks me about this is as I've looked at this and, and reflected a little bit, um, I would never talk to any of you how I talk to her. What is it about us that we feel safe hurting people that are closest to us? 
You see, because I think what is happening here is Jesus is beginning to reveal a new level of forgiveness to his followers. He says, this is a new commandment for you are to love as I've loved you. I think you could replace that word. You are to forgive as I've forgiven you. And people are gonna know that you are followers of me because of your ability to receive forgiveness and also offer forgiveness. How can you tell if a person is a follower of Jesus? I get asked this question a lot, and I ask it a lot, because I'm just gonna be honest with you, church. Sometimes I meet people that don't follow Jesus, and they're way nicer than church people. What makes us different? What is it about our faith that makes us different? And I think one of the key identifiers is our ability to offer forgiveness and receive forgiveness, to recognize when we've messed up and to say it. And it's like this really conflicting thing because I talk to people that says, I like this idea of Jesus, but when I'm around Christians sometimes, it just doesn't add up for me. You know, one of the things I was thinking about is uh, the Bible says this in the book of Ephesians about the armor of God that you realize that we as people are under attack. Do you know that? By our enemy, the devil, and he fights against us just like he fought against Judas. And he says, prepare you, the Bible says, prepare yourself for attack and put on the helmet of salvation and the breastplate of righteousness. Grab the sword of the word and the shield of faith and put on the belt of truth. But on the bottom part, it says, put on the shoes that prepare to bring the gospel to the world. And I think what's happening is I brought my stinky shoes up there is I think we have good intentions, but we're bringing the gospel with stinky feet. We've walked through the mess of life and things have happened and we've made mistakes. And it's not like you're completely a mess, but Jesus says, hey, I wanna wash the part of you that is a mess. And so what happens is we bring the gospel with stinky feet and people could smell the dissonance before we walk into the room. People could smell the conflict there, right? And it's, it's the example I love to use about people that have the Jesus fish on the back of their car, but then they're road raging out on the highway. That's why I don't put a fish in my car, so I can road rage anytime I want. <laughs> Kidding. Or uh, the people that have that Bible verse in their profile, but they put some of the most hateful things out there for the world to see on social media. or our kids, or our spouses, or people that we love. When we say we worship Jesus, they may even see us at church raising our hands on Sunday, but they know as soon as they get in the car on the drive home that things are gonna be on and it's gonna be different, uh, that mom or dad is a different person at home than they are at church. If you're here today and you say, you know what, I'm still skeptical of the church and I'm skeptical of Jesus because I've been around too many Christians. I'm gonna say a few things, but first, if you'll hear me say this. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Would you forgive us for not always lining up with the way we should be, for not always offering forgiveness? Someone needs to hear that. 
Because the truth is, is like our pastor joked about a little bit earlier, is we're a bunch of imperfect, broken people that follow Jesus. And the problem happens when we allow self-righteousness or pride or arrogance or some of these other things to get in the way. The problem happens when we think we're justified in our anger and we don't offer forgiveness. And I'm reminded of this powerful scripture uh, where, where the Bible says that if you don't forgive someone else, I won't forgive you. That's what God said. And so this call for Jesus, from Jesus to us, to his people, to forgive is kind of this next step in relationship. And the reality is I think the ability to forgive is not something uh, that we just catch hold of quickly, but it requires practice and intentionality. That a sign of a mature believer, I think, is our ability to forgive or be forgiven. Yet that's one of the things that I think takes the longest time to develop. And Jesus, as he looks at his disciples, is calling them, saying, hey, I want you to do what I do. I want people to see me through you. Because what makes someone a, or what shows the world that they follow Jesus I believe, is people should see a difference in people like us, people like you, that are full of grace, that are full of second chances, that are full of forgiveness. Now I'm gonna take a moment and say this. Just because you forgive doesn't mean you always need to step back into toxic situations that it's okay sometimes to separate yourself and have some space there. You need to be healthy. But God calls us to forgive. He's calling you to forgive. And so I have a couple questions for you today, and this is gonna be a hard question I'm gonna ask myself. Can someone look at your life and know that you follow Jesus? Can someone look at your life and say, that's a gracious person? Can someone look at your life and say, I hurt them, but they offered me forgiveness. That's uncommon in this world because I believe that there might be some of y'all here today that you might be like Peter where most of you is clean but life has gotten a little messy and Jesus would say, hey, I wanna wash you a little bit. I want you to start looking and sounding and smelling like me, Jesus. And so I'd ask you, who do you need to forgive today? Who do you need to apologize to? Who do you need to reconcile with? That's the way of Christ. Or maybe you're here today and you'd say, you know what, I haven't followed Jesus before. Maybe it's because of the Christians or maybe it's because of your own hang-ups or some of your own guilt that like the Bible says that Jesus is the only one that can wash you. And so I would ask you today, church, to answer that question. Which is it for you? What is it? What is God wanting to do? What is God saying to you? 
We're gonna close in a song here in just a moment, so I'm gonna ask you to stand to your feet. And I wanna take a moment to pray and allow the Holy Spirit to guide this prayer. And I'm gonna ask you to take a moment while we pray to allow the Holy Spirit to guide your hearts to say, God, what are you speaking? God, what is my response? Because we preach not just to preach, but we preach for transformation, for life change. And I believe that God wants to do a life-changing thing inside of you. So would you bow your heads with me? Jesus, we thank you for your presence. Jesus, we thank you. God, for how you meet us right where we are, God, that you are not intimidated by our brokenness. God, you're not intimidated by our mess or our smell or the stench of unforgiveness or the stench of our sins. But God, you look us in the eye. And as you look us in the eye, you wash our feet. And so, Father, for my friends that need to be cleansed right now, and we've gotten a little off track, that life has been hard, and we need to give something to you. We say, Jesus, wash us. Jesus, forgive us. God, for my friends right now that are really struggling, they're hanging on to something. They got some control issues happening right now, God, and you are calling them to let a situation go, to offer forgiveness to someone else that has harmed them. Father, may they look at your example as you laid your life down upon the cross. You laid your life down for us, and Lord, may you teach them to lay down their life for someone else. So Father, right now, I speak your spirit into these situations. Father, I speak freedom into their situations. Father, I speak healing into their situations. Father, I speak cleansing. God, that you would wash them and that you would move, God, that you would work in a powerful way. God, that they would find their footing upon you. Lord, that we would walk around in the freedom that only you can provide. Jesus, for my friends that haven't given their life to you, they haven't surrendered to you, Father, as you've softened their heart. Lord, over these weeks and through things that have happened and through your word, Father, would you do a work right now? God, would they experience the miracle of freedom and salvation that only comes from you as they say a simple prayer. They say, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus, I need you. And Father, may all of our prayers today, God, would you use us to forgive other people that have wronged us, that people could look at our lives and they would see you. They would say, that must be a follower of Jesus because they're full of grace. They're always smiling and they always wanna help. Father God, I pray right now that you would remove the obstacles from that, that God, what would it look like for us to be a people that are sent, a people that are called, a people that place our feet upon you, God, where you're our foundation where you're where we find hope, not the world, not everything else, not ourselves, not the, not the emotions of this world, but God, there will be less of us, Jesus, and more of you. And so, Father, I pray right now for my friends, those watching online, Lord, that they would receive the power of your spirit today. God, that they would walk in victory. They would walk in hope. They would walk in freedom. They can only be found in you, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We praise you today, Lord. We thank you for how you're moving and working in your church. God, we thank you for your word. Transform us, God. Do a new work inside of us. We ask this in the beautiful name of Jesus. And in his name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Let's worship together, church. Thanks for joining us for this week's podcast. Stay connected with us at thenaz.church.